0: I've never seen this part of the Candy Kingdom before. Uh, I don't think we're an ooh, Finn. oops. Sorry, buddy. Didn't see you there. Oh, gross! Let's kick this dog's ugly buns. Finn and Jake-style!
1: ATTACK!
0: Ah! (laughs) Hey, is...
1: is that Marceline? Nah, it's some other high-flying action lady! Here we go again. Ready for more dog breath? Hey!
0: Ah! Are you a princess? (sighs) Ah,
1: mortals.
0: Uh, hello and welcome to Telegram the podcast. I'm your host Abdullah, and um, God, what day is it? It feels like <laughs> it feels like we've been in this situation for God, a year and a half now. It's almost summer now, but it still feels like it's March. I don't know. I don't know what what <laughs> I don't know what what anything is anymore.
1: <laughs> what is time?
0: <laughs> but um, today's guest is introduce yourself.
1: Hi, this is Alana Dunkelman.
0: All right. So, and as um, we've already established on this show many times for our long-time listeners, which are like probably three or four people, but I'm terrible with, with names. So I have to listen to, to someone say their name before I say it because I know I'm going to butcher it. Oh, that- hey.
1: I got it. No, no, no. no. I, I like there's so many ways, especially for my name, there's a ton of ways to pronounce them. And I, I kind of just like go with whatever anyone uses at this point.
0: Because <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know why, but like when I, when, when like you, when we were talking through via emails and I looked at your name, I'm like, is it pronounced Drunkleman? I don't know why I thought it was pronounced oh, okay. Drunkleman. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, I, I think I had that as a, I think some of my friends when I was growing up used that as a, as a, a little pet name for me, Drunky, but even though I don't drink very much, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, it's a, it's an interesting uh, last name. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> Drunky Brewster, the reboot we've all been waiting
1: for. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs>
0: God. Like already I've lost so many people like uh, a Punky Brewster reference in like the first number of minutes of this episode. So, you know, it is
1: only so many times you can use a Punky Brewster reference. I say go for it. Why not?
0: (laughs) And people are probably like the people who um, who are probably born in the 2000s. Don't know what that is. But, um, you know, back in my day, we used to have these things called televisions and we used to watch them and they were like the internet but you know we had only difference is we had no control over what programs we wanted to watch so we had to watch stuff on a set schedule believe it or not and it was kind of a nightmare keeping up with new episodes of shows that you really wanted to watch cuz once you missed it it was over and if you know if you didn't know anybody who had like a a VHS recording of said episode then you missed it like it's done
1: and <laughs> like i know. I find it so fascinating how many shows probably would have done much better in this day and age just due to, like, studio messing around with, like, the schedule. Well, no, it wouldn't be the schedules. Uh, sorry, the, the studio messing around with schedules, but, like, the broadcasters messing around with times. Like, if, if they changed, like, the the time that the show was on, they might lose the audience. Uh, like... Um, Star Trek, at the beginning of the pandemic, my partner and I watched Star Trek DS9, so that's Deep Space Nine, uh, for non-Star Trek people, and I was always, like, a next-gen person, and he was like, no, the the DS9 is the best uh, show in the Star Trek universe, so we watched it, and I loved it, but I can understand why it might have been um, a little off-putting to the audiences back then, because it used to be, like... Uh, what was the word I think uh, serialized I might be completely messing that up or it's like you could watch uh, a next generation episode mostly like in out of order like you can just watch it and like the the story would be start would start and finish in that episode and obviously like there was some stuff that would come up later but uh with Deep Space Nine it was more of Uh, there would be more of a story arc going over the season and even the whole show. And like, if you missed an episode, you missed what was going on. And uh, I I think a lot of people weren't used to that and it was uh, kind of different. And now like in this day and age, like I think people are like really going back to shows like that where they, they didn't really give it a chance or maybe it didn't have as much of a following and now they're finding it. And I think that's just so cool. Um, but like, there was uh, like a lot of, like a lot of shows failed because of, uh, time slots or just like not people not really giving it a chance. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's cool how like different the film industry is now or yeah, the TV I mean,
0: industry. I mean, basically because like a lot of shows were, uh, serialized back then because binge watching wasn't a thing, you know, people... Mm-hmm. You know, people uh, usually would just watch like one or two episodes a week and that's it. Like they didn't like care. It was it was literally, okay, what adventure are the gang up to this week? It wasn't like, you know, I'm waiting for a big payoff to to a thing. It was just, okay, what what wacky adventures is Homer and is Homer getting into this week? (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) well, we're we're definitely uh, uh, aging ourselves out here, so (laughs) But yeah, it's uh, it's 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 cool to be of an age where I don't feel totally overwhelmed by tech. Like I know I was kind of joking about Zoom, but uh, like I, I feel like I'm uh, young enough that I can adapt to the changes, but still enjoy the changes that are happening because I experienced technology that wasn't so advanced when I was younger. So like, because I, I was born in the late or mid to late '80s, and uh, like. I grew up with like the beginnings of video game uh, systems and we had a computer when I was younger, but like now it's like a whole other world, obviously, but I I don't feel overwhelmed by it. So I think that's, it's a, it's a cool age to be in, in, in this day and age.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can, you can just like talk to anybody via the internet, (laughs) which is just insane.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're in a completely, we're like in a completely different time zone and we're, we're chatting. It's cool.
0: Yeah, it's magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but but I mean, I think the 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 funniest thing about the pandemic for me was um, seeing how many people were tech savvy and which people weren't tech savvy. Because my God, I feel sorry for the people who had to who had to walk walk through like had to walk through people who weren't tech savvy. Were like, okay, what is Zoom? How do I okay. log into this? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no I mean, not to make fun of older people, but I'm going to make fun of older people. But like, <laughs> like I've seen some either videos of zoom calls or have been on a zoom call myself with just people of a generation who just really don't understand it. And uh, like, it's, it's nothing malicious. Like I just think it's adorable and I, I'm sure the like younger kids think that way about me. So that's, that's fine. <laughs>
0: No, no. I mean, it reminds me of that uh, cutaway from Family Guy where Stewie's an old man. He's like, what is this, a Skype? What is this, a movie? <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> but I mean, people like that do exist. And it's just like, you know, learning to adapt in a difficult situation where we have to social distance and this is the only way we can talk to each other yeah. is just, you know, you know, it's it's um, it's been quite a trip. <laughs> i would say like looking past yeah looking uh, back at the past year and and the fact that it's almost like god remember when back in january where, or back in december when everyone was like okay you know 2021 man you know it's gonna be the year where it's finally gonna be over <laughs> nope
1: <laughs> no no i mean uh I, like we're 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 being promised in i'm in toronto in canada uh, and we're being promised that we might have somewhat of a normal summer due to our vaccine rollout, which has been a disaster. Uh, speaking of, like technology, it's it's just uh, if if you don't know how to work the internet or the computer at all, you're just completely screwed over with uh, the vaccine rollout. Uh, but that's a that's a whole other story. People can Google it if they want to see how. How awful it's been, uh, but anyway, we should we should have somewhat of a normal summer. So we're we're looking forward to that, just because uh, we don't we don't get the best weather up here in Canada. Uh, some uh, it's it's not terrible, but we do have uh, very dark gray days for most of the year. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, there'll be some semblance of normal, so we can at least get some vitamin D when it's available to us.
0: <laughs> oh God, that's another that's another issue like seeing people who who like I mean it's interesting looking back at people like pictures of actors from like two or three years ago and like how pale their skin was and looking at them now and it's just oh my goodness like what what happened to you man
1: oh yeah yeah
0: (laughs) I mean you're just stuck at home like because it's like what can you do you're just stuck at home and you barely go out and you know like...
1: yeah you know, <laughs> well, hey if i lived in california i'd be i'd be just sitting in my backyard you know reading and enjoying but uh uh yeah that does lead to, to getting a tan so <laughs> hopefully they're wearing a uh, good sunscreen
0: <laughs> no i mean but um it's just like you would think that there would come a point where we would be done with this by now but we're still we're still in the thick of it and I don't know when this is going to end, but um, I can't wait till it ends. I mean, I feel like I'm at that point where I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I can't get to it. Like every time I try to get to it, like more stuff comes up and holds me back, and it just um, it just becomes really depressing.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I like I, I feel you, man. Like it's it's uh, it's it's unprecedented. It's something that we, I mean, like there's been pandemics before, but like, I I think our generation hasn't been through something like this. Like when was the last time we had a, like something on a global scale that really affected everybody. Um, and it's, it's frustrating too. I mean, like I'm, I'm, uh, definitely of the, you know, it is a real thing. I wear a mask. I'm, excited about the vaccinations. And there are people uh, like, I I don't want to upset anyone about that. But like, it's, it's uh, hard to see so many people who just don't believe in science or who uh, are behaving in a way that I I would consider um, not caring for your fellow fellow human being, even if you don't believe in it. So it's, uh, it's just been kind of, it's been difficult to to see that just because I I do believe in people on a on a in a general way are good and it's just been really exposing a lot of inequality in our in our worlds and um a lot of selfishness and uh yeah it's uh, I'm, I mean I'm very lucky that I've been able to stay home I can work from home doing uh, doing voice work uh but uh, a lot of people can't and they they have a lot of uh they're they don't have a lot of control. Like if you're like a frontline worker or something, like you don't have a lot of control if other people expose you or like put you in a, a, a dangerous situation. And it's just it's really upsetting to to see that and not really be able to help.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the reason why it's taken so long, is because our greatest enemy is ourselves. So
1: just a bunch of dummies. <laughs> But, hey, uh, uh, so uh, uh, I see your uh, your photo is uh, of uh, Scorpion. Did you mm-hmm. did you watch the new? Uh, oh god! Because we did, we did. Oh,
0: it was um. You know, there was a whole Twitter tread I I did like I did like a. I, like, uh, I was so bored that day, and I was really excited for it. I'm like, okay, let yeah, let's of course let's do a let's watch of mortal Kombat. Oh, no. and, I, and i was doing like a, a twitter like there's this, this whole twitter thread on my twitter if you haven't seen it it's like so long because <laughs> i was like stopping sure. the movie, like i was constantly stopping the movie to make commentary because i'm you know i'm the i'm that kind of asshole who thinks he's kind of funny but it really isn't but um but i mean man they they dropped the ball real hard on this one
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not. I I am definitely not a, a connoisseur of Mortal Kombat. Like, I've I've seen the movies. I remember playing it like in a arcade fashion when I was younger. But I definitely don't know the lore or anything. But so I watched it just like knowing the basics and just uh, as a movie. Like, if we just take a step back, like from the fandom or like from the actual lore, it's it's just a bad movie. Like, it's not structured very well the main character is really kind of unnecessary uh, my favorite part of the movie is I hope the spoiler alert if anyone's uh, hasn't seen it yet uh, although this isn't really a spoiling thing is like re- like kind of towards the end when Scorpio is talking to Cole and he's talking in like ancient Japanese and Cole is American and has never like it's never referenced in the movie or like hinted at at all that he speaks another language other than English and <laughs> like scorpions speaking in this language that he would not know. And he's saying like the most like meaningful things about like honor and family and like redemption and Cole's just nodding along. Like he understands. And like, I really, really wish that he like had turned to another character and was like, did you understand him? (laughs) like, Like That would have been great, but they didn't do that. They just made it like the most serious moment where it's like, this character doesn't understand what scorpion's saying. Like why, like, why didn't you just make him, like, I know that sounds awful, but like, why didn't you just make him speak English so that he would understand it? But like, that just like, the, it it just made me laugh so hard. <laughs> so yeah, uh, as a fan, I'm sure that was an upsetting movie to watch. But as, as a, an uh, an outsider to the fandom, I just felt like it was kind of like, it didn't really work as a movie. Like just, just looking at it like structurally or like, uh, just as a movie. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like it worked.
0: No, I mean, if you want a really good Mortal Kombat movie, go check out the animated uh, Scorpion's Revenge mm-hmm. that they released um, a year ago. That's amazing. That's so yeah. much better. So much yeah, better.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's really cool how... Um, uh, uh, in the, I'm finding it really fascinating how uh, things are kind of weaving themselves into other... Genres. Like, for example, I was just listening to a podcast, uh, and I love podcasts that are uh like dramas or um like they're like almost like radio plays. Uh and I was listening to one and they did a promo for Orphan Black, which is now continuing in podcast form. And I thought that was so cool. And how like like Mortal Kombat, they did an animated movie. Uh things are turning into graphic novels, like Buffy and Angel went to novels. Um uh to kind of link it into like why i'm here or like a reason why i'm here uh so i was a voice in a video game recently and they're turning that into uh, a graphic novel as well and i thought that was really like it's just really cool how um like artists are are being inspired or are are jumping into other genres and i think it's it's like a way to like already expand on things that exist and allowing us to, you know, follow the story further. Uh, like for me as a, like a Buffy fan, this was before the whole Joss Whedon. I mean, there were hints that things were going on with that, but this was before everything kind of exploded. Uh, a few years after Buffy ended, I was a huge Buffy fan. Uh, they turned it into a, like a like a long form graphic novel. And it was it was so exciting to me to be able to see that character or all those characters continue. And they were able to do things that they would never have been able to do on the show just because of like budget and like, like they were fighting alien creatures, I think like all right off the bat or something like that. Uh, so it was just so exciting to like see that and see where their creativity went. Uh, so uh, like for the graphic novel that's coming out based on the video game, which is Immortals Phoenix Rising from Ubisoft. Uh I'm really looking forward to that and I'm hoping that maybe that'll my my dream and like I there's like nothing happening with this but like my dream is that like perhaps it will eventually go to like some sort of animated form. Uh, I don't think that will happen I haven't been contacted by anyone but that's like a dream of mine that that, that will happen.
0: No, but I I really liked, I mean, speaking of animation and Phoenix Rising, I did like the animated short they did with um, Finn and Jake from Adventure Time. I thought that was really. (laughs) That was
1: my, so I was not aware of that show until the pandemic. And then again, my partner was like, you need to watch some of this. And I, it's fantastic. It's just so out there and so weird and like lovely and dark and deep and uh, really speaks to me. And then when I got that email that uh, they were asking me to do uh, potentially some media, uh, which ended up being the ads that I I voiced for for some of the for some of the promotion, that was the most like excited I've ever been for anything. Where I saw like what they were doing, and I was like, I'm going to my voice is going to be with like in in something with Finn and Jake. I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh so, but I didn't I didn't get to record with them live, but uh just to hear it and see it was like a big highlight for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I really like that short, and I'm kinda like, you know, can we get a crossover episode, please? I mean, you know, once you're done with that mini series, you know, can we get a crossover? That'd be yeah. nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be great. Uh uh I, I know that they have like a skin that you can buy for the the video game that like makes you I think it turns like phosphor into Jake, and like the main character looks like Finn. Uh, it looked a little creepy, but I think like like there was some feedback that it like it looked a little like intense, but people seem to like it. So, no offense to the Ubisoft team. <laughs>
0: no i mean it reminds me a lot of i mean it's well not uncanny valley but it reminds me a lot of like an old um like cosplay photo of like yeah, people yeah. dressing <laughs> up as um people dressing up as finn and jake and it just it there's this uncanny valley to it it's just <laughs> yeah uh
1: but yeah it's been um it's been like kind of surreal to so like that, that, that I, don't, I don't know if it's okay to just uh, trans, uh Transition into talking about the video game.
0: I mean, we already mentioned it. I mean, so yeah.
1: Like... <laughs> so, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a it was a really fantastic experience, and um, it's the first game that I was uh, one of the leads in because I'm I'm the the one of the options that you can choose for the protagonist. Uh, so there's my voice, and then there's uh, another actor, Tyrone Savage, who's uh, voice number one. We don't call it female male; it's uh, voice one, and I'm voice two. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was just a, a kind of a whirlwind because we we had recorded most of the game, and then there were some just some changes, like in in the script, like nothing bad. They just um, they decided to make some changes, and uh, we had to record from home because of the pandemic and this was like right right at the beginning of the pandemic and we did a like a scratch tape version of the of the game uh because the like obviously like the actors aren't aren't capable of recording on a like in on a studio level from home um so we were recorded uh like, scratch tape, uh, sorry, for anyone who doesn't know what scratch tape is, it's just basically, like, uh, like a not a rehearsal, but just, like, something for, not the final quality that would be in the game, but, like, the same intentions, the same acting, and it's just for the, like, if it's for an animation, it's for the, the, the people drawing out the animation to be able to start drawing, and then for the video game, it was for them to, you know, start uh, programming in the the mouth movements and like how the scenes would go uh, for cut scenes um, and are like placeholders uh, for, you know, physical movements, like making sure everything fits. And then uh, once regulations kind of changed, we were able to go into studio because when you go to a studio, it's way different than most places of work. You really only need uh, basically someone running the studio. So like greeting you at the door, Uh, unlocking places Uh, and then the technician who is just running the board and then everybody who needs to be there can just call in via Skype or call they can just hear what's going on they don't need to be there so it's very safe and they added a lot of like new things which kind of grossed me out to think about that we weren't doing that before like if so for now, when I go into studio, they've they've cleaned it up. You're separated from the uh, the person running the soundboard uh, by like a wall with glass. Like you're like you're in a booth, so it's very safe. Everybody wears masks when you're not in the booth, but they clean it up between actors. So like they'll change out the headphones, they'll spray the mic, they'll wipe everything down. When things are back to normal, I don't think they need to do all of that. But it was kind of like I was thinking about it. Like I've been to studios where you're auditioning probably like in like four hours, like there's probably someone coming in every five minutes because it's quick. Like if you're just going for a radio ad, like it's just like takes 30 seconds, do it a couple times. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Uh, but think about how many actors are like spitting and touching the mic and like nobody was cleaning them up in between (laughs) and like, that's fine. Like nobody died from it. I don't think, but like, Like to me, it's kind of like, oh yeah, maybe it would be nice to like have like a little bit of cleanliness in between because like I'm putting my face where someone's face was just there like a couple of minutes before. Uh, So the new procedures are probably a little too much, but I'm hoping we'll find like a happy medium, like when things get back to normal. Uh, So anyway, side notes done. Uh, So we recorded (laughs) when we were able to go back into studio, we recorded we re-recorded everything that we had done from home, but just um, on like a better quality, obviously uh, the recordings from home, you could clearly hear the difference. Uh, so uh, yeah, we were able to do that, but it was like in the midst of the pandemic. So it was just uh, like, I'll never forget that whole experience, just like recording from home and like screaming and like pretending to like use a hammer and my like, neighbors are probably walking by thinking like someone's getting murdered in my apartment (laughs) so yeah uh my poor partner had to be quiet like like i think we recorded like five or six days here and like he like we did four hour sessions and the cat had to be quiet and he had to be quiet so it was just uh very invasive to like be able to work like from home in that way because you have to like make sure everybody else is on board to be able to work from home but it all worked out so that was that was good
0: I mean, you're not the first person I've talked to that had, had to record from home and had um, interruptions from, from the outside. Oh, the yeah. World.
1: Oh, my goodness. We lost we lost power one day. Like the building just lost power. And I was texting with the director from Immortals and I was just like, I'm really like because I was in the middle of a line and I just cut out because the Internet went down. So I had to, t- I had to like find his number and text him and be like, I'm so sorry. Like I have no control. And like, they were fine with it. it like we, it came back on, but it's like, it's, it's you, I don't know. I like, I feel like when I go into studio, I, I feel not, it's not a stress. It's just like, I'm, I'm not as worried because like when I'm recording from home, like it's like, okay, is the sound quality okay? Is my internet okay? Are my neighbors, like I can't control my neighbors obviously, but like are like I like, is everybody being quiet? Is there construction outside? Like there's so many things out of your own control. And I feel almost like embarrassed if like things are, cause it's on, it's, it's not on me, but it's, you know, it's I, like I'm offering them a service from my home. And if I'm not able to, you know, provide that, I feel like a little weird. Whereas when I go to a studio, like it's, it's the studio's job, that's their job. They have to provide like a quiet environment and like they have someone in charge of it. So it's, it's kind of just putting on this extra, like a little, a little extra stress where it's like, uh, I hope this works out. I hope this is okay. <laughs> because like, I, I actually upgraded my equipment, like at the beginning of the pandemic. And, uh, just because I, 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 um, I'm not doing it as much, but I had been doing the ads for, uh, subway restaurants in Canada and we continued to record. And I normally had gone to studio actually in Montreal from Toronto I'm, I'm, I'm from there. And um, so I would go back to record there. And then obviously during the pandemic, I couldn't. So I, we, we worked it out that I recorded from home. So I I upgraded the equipment and we just did it uh, through source connect. So that was really, really great. Uh, But if, if I was going to be doing like broadcast stuff, I needed to make sure that it was uh, it was good enough quality Uh, and it worked out, but it was, it was just like, such it was it was really cool because I used to have to travel a lot for work and now I can do it in my pajamas. But it's also like again with that stress of like, is this good enough quality? Is it okay? Like they're hiring me, I hope it's okay. So that's just a actor, you know, worrying about everything thing.
0: <laughs> I mean you can just say, hey, you know, the engineers will the audio engineers will deal with it. <laughs> like they'll Yeah, that's everything. it. Yeah, they'll add
1: it. They'll compress it. It'll be fine. It's fine. They'll have sound removal. It's cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, because cause, I mean, like, you listen to a lot of. Um, I mean, I think this pandemic has taught me one thing: is that you know the quality of the audio makes a whole lot of difference. Because, like, yeah, it really back, does. Like looking back at shows that were recorded pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, it like the quality is noticeable. It it is so noticeable. Like who had <laughs> who 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 in the who in the main cast had a good microphone that day and who didn't have a good microphone that day
1: yeah yeah it's true it's true
0: i mean you notice it because like you know you go back and watch like uh, you know adventure time for example like a show from 2010 you know 10 years ago and uh, 11 years ago now sorry but uh you know you go back and watch that and you notice like oh it was obviously recorded in a professional studio and whatnot and yada 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 and then you go watch like any show that was recorded um post-pandemic and the quality is just oh my god is something wrong with my speakers (laughs) or is it just the audio yeah (laughs) it just feels so weird especially like some of the performances where like the timing is kind of off but i but i I think that's because like someone dropped from zoom and they had to like compensate for it and it's just so weird it's so weird
1: like i i don't want to be one of those like actors who's like, you need to be in the room. But like, it, like I, I coach actors as well. And they, like they, my, some of my clients have been troopers. Like it's, it's really, really weird to act with like for auditions, for example, like they, they don't do this for like final movies or TV, but like when you have to do an audition in olden times, Like, you would have the reader in front of you, you would be there, the casting director would be, like, sitting at a desk somewhere, not paying attention to you, and, um, (laughs) like, you would be with that other person, and there's something so special about two human beings connecting and having a conversation, which is, like, what acting is, and uh, when you add in the, the, the Zoom element or the FaceTime or whatever you're doing it on there's a separation. And, and like, I've, I've, I've had clients do impeccable auditions or like scene work or whatever, like you can do it, but it's just, there's, there's it. Like I, I was talking with a, with another actor a couple of days ago where it's like, I really, really just miss that human connection. That's so important with, with acting, uh, And it was weird because when I, when I, I I think, um, before we started recording, I was talking about how I, I went, I was on set for the first time during the pandemic since, since before it started. And, uh, it was like, it was very overwhelming. Like I hadn't been around so many people. Everybody had been tested like almost every day. Like it was like, it's a, it's a, like a big studio show. So it wasn't, uh, and felt very safe. Like I felt it was okay. Everybody was tested socially distancing, everyone was wearing masks and shields but when I was actually acting with the with the other actor, we took off our masks we took off our shields we had to be six feet apart because I wasn't in her she was the lead of the show and I wasn't in her bubble. so she only had a certain amount of actors that could be very close to her so they made sure those were the other leads so they like if they needed to shoot a scene where they were close together or hugging like that was safe. but I was just on for that one episode and uh, I wasn't in that bubble so we had to sit on a couch six feet apart and it was really weird but it was also really cool because I hadn't acted with another actor in that capacity in like a year like it actually had been a year because the last time I did that was on the same show in the same place of March uh, 2020 and we were talking about the pandemic and I was like oh don't worry about it it'll be fine and lo and behold like a year later like it's not fine and uh, we were kind of laughing about it because she like she had mentioned that she was worried about like her her honeymoon with her husband. They were going to Italy and it might be canceled. And that was what I was like, oh, don't worry about it. Like it'll all blow over. And it did not blow over. So we were like chatting about how it like what a crazy year it had been. But it was just it's just like so magical to like be able to act with a human being. And I will never take that for granted ever again. But I like I, all these fantastic actors are just like making it work with their like with the, like like most of. like being an actor especially you know at at my level is just doing audition after audition like that's your job and uh they're they're making it work they're doing like like they're doing fantastic stuff over FaceTime but it's just like it's just such a different dynamic I hate it like I like I'm happy to coach other people and like I I really enjoy it and I think I, I do the good work with them but like I I was acting once with an audition and like a friend was FaceTiming and and I said, never again, I don't know how my clients do it. So my partner has been a trooper and he's been, he's been reading for me for all my auditions and has been like become like almost like a, like a mini director. Like we've done so many auditions together and he's just like really starting to hone in on like, Hey, like do this moment. Or like, I think this is this. And like, most of the time he's absolutely right so it's been he he doesn't have an acting background he's like in a completely different field but it's just like that's been an interesting experience like forcing my poor partner to like have to participate in my crazy life so he's he's been wonderful though he's been really like helping a lot but it's uh yeah like like adapting to this new world like what like on camera way different than audio like audio is uh, like, like uh, you could do it from anywhere. It's totally fine. But like on camera stuff, like you need another person. And, uh, it's, uh, it's it's, like, I'm, I'm very, I'm eager for when we go back to like kind of how it used to be just because I, like, I find that the in-person human being right in front of you is like, it's irreplaceable. Like you can't, you can't not have a human being on set acting. I mean, you can, but it's just not the same. Like it's very different acting off like a tiny little face on a screen and acting with a human being in front of you.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause I was thinking about this, like, you know, cause I've, you know, technically quote unquote met people over like virtual cons and I'm like, did I actually meet that person or did we just like look at each other via screens? Cause I don't think that counts as meeting someone. Sure. You talk to them, but did you actually meet them? no not really (laughs) because you know we didn't have like we know we didn't like shake hands you know we didn't like make eye-to-eye contact in person we were just like talking to each other via computers and it's just like yeah yeah, i mean we we we're we're obviously like we know webcams on and we're looking at each other but like is that a conversation (laughs) in i don't know
1: No, yeah it's uh it's uh something that's uh, I mean, I've never, I've never participated in a con, and I'm, I'm hoping to one day do that. Uh, I've had a lot of people reach out about uh, them loving Phoenix, and uh, like some people are starting to do cosplays, and I think that's so cool. And it's just like something that, um, that like, like I'm not like, like sad that I like that it's like missing out on that experience, but like it's something that I hope to one day have, like meeting people face to face and like allowing them to experience or like express how they felt about the character or the video game or whatever the project is and um just being able to bring some some joy to like if if meeting you know someone like an actor or an artist that they uh really enjoyed their performance or their art like I I, like I, I again like it's it's something that we're all missing right now. Like I know that's like the, like the lowest thing on the ladder. Like obviously we want to see our family and friends and just have like, go out to restaurants and enjoy our life. And going to a a con is probably like something that will come back and we'll be able to do it again. And it's just uh, obviously it's not the most important thing in the world, but it's, I I think it's something that people, you know, they get joy out of like meeting um, people that affected their life in a a positive way. If they enjoyed uh, like the video game or the movie or the TV show, uh so hopefully that comes back uh this pandemic has just wreaked havoc on our lives <laughs>
0: yeah i know and like i mean i said this before many many times but i miss the personal like cons i just miss cons in general i miss like going to to play you know to to the convention floors and looking at all the merch and all the cosplayers and you know, yeah, waiting in line for an autograph is kind of like whatever, but i mean you're you're still like doing something you know you're still like you know walking around <laughs> not like sitting at home with nothing to do I mean you're... one
1: day, one day we'll we'll all be able to do that hopefully. <laughs>
0: Man, I miss miss, like standing in line. I mean, God, you know, you know everything's messed up when I'm missing, when I'm I'm waxing nostalgic about standing in line (laughs) for an
1: autograph. I was telling a friend the other day, I was like, I cannot wait to go see some bad theater. Like, I'm just so excited to go see like a bad play. Like ones where you're like, I think I should leave an intermission. Okay, I'll just stay because I know this person in the play. Like, I'm just so excited for that. I don't know why, but just like, The experience of like seeing something that gets me angry or just like annoyed like I just want that like I just want to be able to experience that again just so excited
0: (laughs) oh god you're reminding me of like me going to a theater and, and watching a movie like like it's really terrible and I'm like Oh, uh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is Let's awful.
1: talk about something other than the pandemic. <laughs> I feel like but every, thats everything. Like that. I, like I. I sometimes I just like don't know what to say to my friends because like there's nothing new, and like I just oh, uh, I don't know. Like it's just. Well, I mean, uh, okay, like a new, new something new to talk about.
0: Okay, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean more Phoenix Rising, because I'm pretty sure like that's why most people tuned in, and they're like, why are they talking about the pandemic? Yeah, like For like a half
1: an hour. <laughs> put it in the show notes like if you want to miss like 30 minutes of complaining about the pandemic just skip to the spot
0: (laughs) no no but i mean uh uh, phoenix rising um like i personally didn't have time to play it because i'm you know busy with other stuff you know like i'm busy like scheduling podcast interviews and doing this show and you know like mortal kombat 11 has pretty much taken over my life when it comes to (laughs) when it comes to video games but i mean i did watch footage of it i mean it looks fun it looks interesting. I mean, it is the closest thing we're going to get to a, um, what is it? A kid Icarus game on, on, uh, on the consoles. I mean, that's the closest, (laughs) like that's the closest. Um, as a a
1: non-gamer, uh, I, I actually played the game, uh, and okay. I know it's, it's a game that I'm in, but I actually had a really good time. Like, uh, the reason that I have not played it, we have an Xbox and, uh, I growing up, I, I grew up on an NES and a Sega Genesis, and there were like four buttons, and that was the most that I could really <laughs> handle. And then, uh, uh, like, I kind of like tapped out at like N sixty four, and was like, I can't handle this. And then uh, Ubisoft was so kind and sent me uh, an Xbox code, and I was like, okay, you know what? I've been watching some some Let's Plays. I've been watching some YouTube videos. It looks like fun. I I will play on on story mode so that I can get used to it. And I had a really good time. And uh, like, I didn't play Breath of the Wild. I know there's been a lot of comparison. I think Ubisoft or the team even said like it was inspired by. So uh, I hope to one day play Breath of the Wild. But uh, I had like a fun time. Like, I like, yes. I, I voiced a lot of the game, but like I tried to kind of remove myself from that and just like really enjoy the puzzles. And as an as like a new person to video games, uh I was really excited about my my own growth in like, you know, I loved kind of the open world game and how you can kind of just stumble upon like, oh, okay, this is a this is clearly a puzzle. I need to figure this out. And at the beginning I was like, what the how do I do this? I have no idea where, like, where am I supposed to look? And by the end, I was like, oh yeah, thanks Ubisoft. That was really clever. And just like, (laughs) like figuring out like, okay, like this clue tells me that I need to light this or like, okay, I'm not getting it. I need to walk around. And like, it just made me kind of not zone out. Like I wasn't zoned out at all, but it was just, it made me like use my brain in a way that was like, relaxing but also engaging and um I like the just the world itself is beautiful like it's just a really beautiful game like the the just I found myself kind of just riding around on a mount or a horse and just like really enjoying the colors and the vibrancy of it and there's uh there's four different areas I guess there's more than four but like there's four main areas and each one has its own color scheme and its own flora and fauna and even the music changes uh, like when you cross over into a different section and the, the, the music is gorgeous. Uh, Yeah. I could go on and on about the game. Like I, like I, I also like, as someone who hasn't played a lot of, obviously haven't played a lot of other games. Uh, I, I can't like, I can't say uh, in comparison to this, I feel this, like, I just enjoyed it. Like I just had fun. So like, that's, I think that people who um, just kind of jumped in and didn't really have expectations, like, just were really blown away by it. And, like, I, I that's what I've, like, I, I don't feel like it was released at the best time. I think it kind of got lost, unfortunately, like, especially with Cyberpunk being released, like, two weeks later. But I, I do think, like, like more and more I'm seeing on Twitter, like, people, like, posting about it and saying that they really enjoyed it and they were surprised by it. And I'm just, I'm just hoping that, like, the word of mouth thing that uh because i love the world and like it's it's um like i i got so much joy out of it and i really enjoyed it and i think we're just in as as like most of this podcast is about like this horrible pandemic that we're in we're in like kind of a dark time and a lot of video games are dark and that's that's totally cool like it's fun to be in like a dystopian type of situation but like sometimes it's nice to kind of just relax and be on an adventure and have fun and like have jokes and like sometimes they didn't land, but most of the time they did. So, uh, like the, the, there's like a huge comedic aspect to the, uh, to the game as well. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it had me chuckling. I had a good time. So hopefully at some point you can play it when, uh, when you're, when you're finito with, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat 11. But no pressure,
0: obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've already been done with Mortal Kombat 11 for a while now, but I mean, I'm just, like, playing that online online a lot and, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm at that point where I just want something quick and easy and, like, when it comes to, like, you know, open world games and I know that they're going to take, like, a lot of time and I'm like, ah, oh, God.
1: <laughs> I, I, But that's, so, as someone who's, like, uh like maybe was looking online to see how people were feeling. Like a lot of them were reflecting that it's it's a smaller open world than let's say Assassin's Creed, Odyssey, or Valhalla. Uh so it's it's not as long a game and it didn't feel like a grind. So I feel like they kind of kept it a bit smaller because those open world games can tend to feel like, okay, I'm going on this quest. Oh, okay, I got another one. Oh, here's like five side Quests that maybe i'll get back to you later and you kind of feel guilty because like you're not finishing everything or like it's overwhelming or it's just tiring and like i i think i've put in like i i i'm taking my time and also like i think at the beginning i was just really bad and like everything and i'm like i'm not amazing now but i'm graded to easy which i'm very proud about uh So I think I've put in like 65 hours and I'm like almost done. So I I don't think it's like a terribly long game, but um, yeah, people, like a a lot of people who were reflecting that it didn't feel as grindy as, as other open world games, but again, my first open world game. So I might just like, obviously like I'm biased because it's a game that I'm involved in, but I think it's really fun.
0: (laughs) And, and I'm also, like, a type of person who doesn't want to rush open-world games because I'm like, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give the side quests a look. I'll, you know, do this. I'll do that because I want to experience the entire game, but I want to just focus on the main story. And But sometimes it's just like, my God. <laughs> like, who has the time?
1: <laughs> we got all the time in the world right now, so... <laughs>
0: I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, the last um, open-world game I played was, like, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) Like, you
1: know. That was a while ago, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, mean, like, pandemic times, and, you know, because of the pandemic and because it's, because, um, you know, Sony and Microsoft thought it would be a brilliant idea to release a new console (laughs) during a pandemic, you know, and we're now in a transitioning phase between, like last gen and current gen like now is the perfect time to to play all those old games that came out like four or five years ago six or seven years ago because you're not gonna get the chance <laughs> like once right. you're like once you switch over to, to to new gen like that's it like
1: yeah you gotta kind of <laughs> leave those in the past or, yeah. or keep that or keep the console and you'll, then you'll end up having <laughs> multiple consoles um yeah, yeah no no but
0: but I mean it's weird because like i I'm also like the type of guy who Like, I can't stand Assassin's Creed Syndicate, but I, like, you know, last year alone, like, this, you know, ironically enough, like, last year, this time, I replayed, like, uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, and I beat those games, like, for the second or third time, and I'm just like... Well, maybe I'm just like biased when it comes to to games I like. <laughs> games are maybe
1: maybe you just have like a comfort level with like games that you've played before. Like it's like you know it's something that you know. Like it's it's like when you watch a TV show that like people who watch The Office over and over again. Like there's a comfort or friends, right? There, there's a comfort to something that you know, right? And we're in a, a very stress inducing time so like i can totally understand like going back to games that you like you had a good feeling about right and you know that you're going to enjoy it because you've played it before so it's it's like it can be an investment to to try something new and like i totally understand going to something that like you like is a proven hit to you so going back to old games that totally makes sense
0: yeah, and it's and 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 I said to myself like, okay, it's been like you know eight or nine years since I played these. Do they still hold up? And my God, they do! <laughs> it, just that's great. You, it just goes to show you. It's just to show you how great those games were because it's like, man, they still hold up and they're still pretty good.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is, you know, you can't say that a lot about you know, like because cause that's a whole other topic of you know do ha- do games have longevity you know do are we gonna look back on most of these games like two or you know ten ten or so years from now? but i mean I think if like yeah I mean absolutely because i mean if you if you know the developers put in a lot of passion and time and you know a lot of labor of love, it will pay off in the end but but if not, then you know no one's gonna care. <laughs> Like, no one's gonna be like, "Oh man, you know that that last Need for Speed game that that was like, you know, <laughs> that was that was amazing, wasn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but it just it just sticks with you. Like, I mean, it's it's interesting because, like, you know, being stuck at home, you start to pay more attention to stuff that you wouldn't have paid more attention to back when before the pandemic. Because before the pandemic, you only had I only had like a couple of hours to play a video game so it's like you know the only time i had to invest in video games like full time was during the weekends so it's like you know i only had like a short amount of time to get used to the video games and you know really put really put in the investment but now it's like okay i i can play literally whatever i want do i want to invest in this because you know if you know if i if i pay money for this and it's not very good and i Don't invest a lot of time in it. It's just, like, I feel like I, you know, kind of wasted my my, my life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like like a lot of – correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, it it feels like a lot of games are starting uh, to put out demos. Uh, That might not be a new thing. I'm just new to the video game world. But, uh, like, for Immortals, they put out a demo on on Stadia. So, like, people were able to – like, a lot of people found it that way where – They tried the 30 minute demo and they liked it. So then they like they paid for it. So and then for people who do not enjoy that type of game or like it just didn't feel good for them, they like didn't have to, you know, spend uh, I I don't know how much I guess it was like 60 bucks or something at the time. Uh, So, yeah, like like 60 bucks is like it's, you know, that's a lot of money for a video game. So like to to be able to to try it out and see if that works for you, I think that's like a, a really great thing for for gamers to be able to experience because then they they can either like find something new that maybe they didn't think would be a good fit for them or they can you know say like i tried it it's not for me uh that's okay and they can move on with their life so i'm i'm i hope that other companies do that Uh, this is just pure ignorance on my part like i I don't know that they do that but uh i thought that was a, a good move by ubisoft to do that like to offer that demo so people would just give it a try. And then I think also it was, like, promoting Stadia as well.
0: Well, I mean, demos aren't a new thing, but they, they became, like, less common over the past generations because people okay. are, like, you know, you know, game companies or publishers in general are like, yeah, you know, why, people, why do we need demos anymore? We just promote everything because, like, nowadays you can't go anywhere on the internet without having, like someone shill a video game without seeing like one or two ads for, for video games because that's those are the hot new things and and they think that okay, you know, just because a person sees like fifty different ads on Twitter or whatever that they're gonna automatically buy it. No, they have to like some people want a hands on impression. Like, you know, they don't want to just say, okay, I I watch this like thirty second commercial I'm sold. You know, here's my sixty dollars. You know,
1: yeah, it yeah. Work that way, exactly.
0: I mean, it just it just it's just the the corporate thinking that I just don't like. That I just don't like the idea that you know just commercialize everything and you know people just open up their wallets and just throw money at you. You know,
1: yeah. So I like like as a as some again someone not like like performing in video games, but not like someone who's been exposed to that. uh, I thought that was a good move like to, to put, put it out there. Like, because to me that shows that like, they, like, obviously this is like pertaining just to immortals, but they believed in the product and they believed in the story enough that it would find the right people either that they just, you know, saw an ad and were like, yes, that's for me. Or like they were able to play that free demo and saw that like, okay, this is something that I want to play. So like, I think when a company puts out a demo, it's almost like, Hey, we believe in this product and we want you to have a hands-on experience for 30 minutes or whatever, or like, you know, for like a quest. And then they could, they could see like, Hey, yes, this is for me hands-on as opposed to just seeing like a, like a, uh, a, a review or like seeing an ad. So, uh, uh, to me like that, I would probably trust a company more if they put out a, a demo
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i think that that that's that's with me as well because like you know if if a game doesn't have a demo out then i'm that it, may, that it tells me like you know they had no they either had um no um no hope of it finding an audience or they just tried to hide the fact that it's not very good <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's like you already bought it <laughs> not our fault
1: with that
0: yeah yeah but um but yeah I mean you know video gaming is like one of the few things that that gets me through the day I mean I don't do it I mean obviously I don't do it like every day but like when I have the time it is very it is very fun it is very relaxing it very it is very um you know takes my mind off the the horrible horrible things that are going on in the world and it's yeah just...
1: it's escape right yeah. like in the most in 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 a in a way that i find i don't know like like i don't think there's anything wrong with watching tv or binge watching or like anything that kind of lets you zone out i think that's that's great and something that humans in this stressful world need more of but what i what i found myself when i was playing was and i i could see why it's like so enjoyable is because it's you're you're you can zone out a little bit but it's like an active zone out so it's like you're you're in the story you're participating and you're using your brain but it's still like you know you can kind of just like let it let it happen and it's uh it was really fun so I, I don't know what I'm gonna play next but uh, I'm, I'm gonna choose something but I, I definitely am not like into the like super crazy combat but probably like another open world game, maybe I don't know. I'll give a I'll, uh, I'll give a, a peruse on what's on the Xbox store.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you want something like good to kill time, Minecraft is always like a is a fun fun. I feel way like I'm came. too old
1: for Minecraft. I don't <laughs> like I don't I like I see pictures of it on the internet, and I'm just like I don't know I don't get it. Like I I like <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it is. Uh, but I I could give it a I could. You Know, give it a, a little bit of a go. I could see what's, what's going on there.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you want like a story driven RPG, you can always play Undertale. That's another one that's uh, Undertale.
1: Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> that's another one that's you know, shouldn't take you long and it's pretty fun. So
1: cool. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, uh, I have a, another video game that I have a, a small part of uh, that's coming out in summer 2021. Uh, it's a it's a really big fandom. Uh, perhaps might have the word monster in it, and that's all I'm gonna say. So it's just I'm just really excited for for it to come out. I, I really love the character. Uh, it's it's a very cute character. It's very different than Phoenix, and uh, I'm excited to see how people perceive it because i think uh i think there's a lot of uh, excitement for for this game to come out
0: all right then and uh before we wrap up uh, is there anywhere is um where can people find you to bother you about phoenix rising
1: oh uh, please please talk to me about it i feel like it's it's getting lost in the mix and like i i love this game so much and i love the character so much uh both both my at, at the the both versions. I, I I played a little bit as the voice one as well. I think Tyrone did a fantastic job, uh, as well as the other actors. Like go bug them too. Like tell them how much you love them. Uh, uh so you can if uh, if you look at the the spelling of my name on on the podcast uh, landing page or wherever there's going to be a write up. Uh, uh, I'm uh at Alana D on Instagram. Uh, at Alana Dunkelman on Twitter and then uh, you can also visit my website which I update frequently with things that I've been doing and um, that's just uh, www.alanadunkelman.com you can see clips from shows that I've been on and other uh, projects that I'm involved with Uh, there's a bunch of animation clips that I'm really proud of that you can go check out and uh, yeah that's uh, that's that's my internet presence so you can Go, go see those things if it interests you.
0: All right. And thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. This has been um, very a fun. A lot of <laughs>
1: pandemic talk. I hope that didn't get you down. No, uh, no.
0: You get used to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: All right. And if you want to come back, you know, anytime.
1: Well, we can, after after the that game gets released, maybe we can have another a follow-up and, mm-hmm. and uh, see how that feels. All right. <laughs>
0: Well, thanks so much for doing this. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.